Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I'm joined by my sister Kay, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the second season of Superman and Lois. This was another, actually, this was a 15-episode season. I forget how long the first one was. I thought it was 13. I've forgotten. Not incredibly long. I am enjoying the show, am increasingly confused how it does or doesn't fit into the Arrowverse proper, because it was originally pitched as a, basically, a spinoff of Supergirl. Yeah. I mean, the Crisis on Infinite Earths had Superman coming back to a world where he had two sons. He's got two sons here, ergo, it seemed like that, but they've, they do a few things that establish that's not the case, maybe. And this season, it's funny, I think they're falling into a bit of a pattern in the writing, because both seasons, they tease as if they're going in one direction. So first season, it was Lex Luthor of a parallel world. Here, it was Doomsday. Then they kind of, halfway through, kind of realize it's a fake-out. This season, it was going from, it looks like it's going to be Doomsday, to an actually fairly interesting take on Bizarro. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the better ones I've seen out of all the comic adaptations, or comic versions included. And then we wind up with kind of the big bad of this season being kind of, sort of, but not quite the Parasite. Yeah. I mean, she's got Parasite powers, but it's a radically different version than the version from the comics, which was... I'm trying to think if we'd seen a version of that over maybe in Flash or something. I don't remember. Anyways, it was a Star Labs janitor who'd tried to steal something, got irradiated, wind up turning into a bit of a monstrosity and being able to absorb other people's powers. I think I would have enjoyed the entire season more if I knew for certain how this connected to Supergirl. Because we used the same Lucy Lane that was in Supergirl. We use the same Lucy Lane. We get Diggle here a few times. We've got the same Superman and Lois, it looks like. So there's some definite confusion points for me there. And there's always the, if it is this big of a deal as it was this season and last for Earth-shattering crisis coming out of Smallville, why aren't any other heroes involved? And there was a line in the finale by Sam Lane of, this is the world's only hero. Yeah. So, other worlds have a legion of superheroes. League. League. Referencing a Justice League or whatever, and that they've seen those worlds, but haven't been to those worlds or some such. It was, yeah. it was a little vague as to how Sam knew those things. Yeah. But it accounts for it being a different Sam Lane than Supergirl. But if you go with, basically, it's a closely associated Earth, hence having similar Superman, Lois's, you know, and, and Lucy's and such. That kind of makes sense. But then to have Diggle in this season and last as if it's the one from the Arrowverse, that's where it breaks down for me. Yeah. Well, and for me, same with Lucy, because I kept trying to jive Lucy, who was in a relationship with Jimmy Olsen, Mm -hmm. with Lucy, who seems to have been drafted into a cult. She was in the first season of Supergirl, or a Lucy, by this same actress. 
So it's possible that all of that was like right before she fell in with the cult. Right. And that's part of the confusion factor for me. Not having him referenced at all, not knowing if it's the same version or not. They're trying to have the best of both worlds. Yes. I get with COVID, with this being a new show, Arrowverse being nearly 10 years in now, I can see them not wanting to be anchored by those things. But having just had the reset button of, of crisis not that long ago, I don't feel that there's that much that anchors them. And I feel that was enough of a, a rationale for why is Sam different? Mm-hmm. You know, things of that sort. Well, it's funny because season one, I jokingly said, was very Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe more people reacted that way because this season they seem to have had the reaction of we need to steer away from the Friday Night Lights aspect and depart from it in a controversial manner. Well, they definitely got away from the football side of it. I felt they built up a little bit more of the kids' plot line Mm -hmm. with what was going on with Jordan and... Sarah? Sarah, yeah, I was blanking on her name. Adding in Nat, yeah, which was at the tail of of last season. I think Nat, Nat brought a lot of really great stuff to the show, but because we not quite but almost watched it weekly, it was easy to miss a lot of the great material Nat brought. Mm-hmm. She was well used at times, but there were other times where I wonder if they had a game plan for a fuller season and only got 15. And that could definitely be it. But there were things like Nat moving in with them, as did John Henry. Mm-hmm. And then Nat having that kind of confrontation with Clark mm-hmm. of, have you considered how hard it is for me? to live with a man who bears the face of the man who killed my mother. Yeah. Well, and I felt there was a lot they could do with that adjustment for everybody and such. And they did some, but I felt there was there was room to do more. Or there was the opportunity to do more, maybe not the room to do more. They, they downplayed the adjustment factor and they played up the instant siblings factor. Yeah, there were a few things where they just kind of... I don't say glossed over some stuff, but I mean, at the end, when the boys are saying, hey, your family and such, I thought they'd kind of firmly established that early in the season, maybe a little too quickly. Yes. But when Natalie had to make a hard choice and ended up saving Superman's mm-hmm. life, they, they'd really built up just how hard a choice that was for her. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did some interesting stuff with her. I was a little annoyed that the AI that she and her father had seemed to change personalities this season from last. Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. So I wasn't sure what was up with that. Maybe it was the one out of her ship because the one he had was lost. That could be. There were a few things I felt they could have explained a little better. I did think when uh, she built herself a suit, Mm kind of like his steel suit, and then he basically parent-locked it on her, that was funny. Well, when he tried to say, I'm going to dismantle it, and couldn't. Well, that too. That I thought was funny, yeah. But when he decided that, you know, she was going to be in timeout for 10 minutes and had a voice-activated parent lock on. Yeah, yeah. That just busted me up. There was some some good interplay between her and her father. Well, in addition to doing some interesting stuff with with Nat and John, I thought between Jordan and Jonathan, Mm -hmm. they did some good stuff. You know, who had whose back, Jonathan getting in some trouble with his parents, using the whole ex-kryptonite. That was interesting. I was surprised how the ex-Kryptonite got used this season. I was too, and then at one point it just seemed like suddenly it's dropped. For me, it was kind of a social commentary vaping storyline. Or steroids. 
they were using it like steroids. Yes. But right now, so much of the controversy on some of the vaping and some of the uh, herbal cigarettes. Yeah, I think they were trying to do a, a I don't want to say rip from the headlines thing, yeah. but a relevance factor there. You know, it's so new, it's not yet illegal, therefore, mm -hmm. if it's not technically illegal, I can use it even though I know morally, emotionally, it yeah. should be illegal. Yeah, they just have, the laws haven't caught up yet sort of deal. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I also thought with the whole bizarro world thing, which again, this is probably the best version of that I've seen. And I've been reading comics for, for decades and whatnot. And I've seen live action adaptations of, of Bizarro. I think they even did it back in the Superboy series in hmm. the 90s. I'm pretty sure they did it in Lois and Clark. I imagine they did it at some point in the 10 years of Smallville. So tons of live action versions. They've done a few animated. Bizarro was one of the main ones in uh, Legion of Doom, the Super Friends. Hmm. So this I thought was a really good version. But not only was it a, I don't say a more believable version, because it's, it's a bizarre concept. It was a more nuanced version. And I loved how they used that on this other world to set up John L. Yes. Who had a very look and feel of the Connor Kent original clone Superboy version. The hand gesture he did for, for the, the S symbol. Yeah. yeah, that took me a while to get. Yeah, that, that I thought was interesting. It's like kind of like the way people do the heart yeah, in selfies it had and stuff. A, I don't say a Japanese feel to it in terms of the gesture and stuff. Well, it was very modern culture. You know, yeah. people do the hearts and things in the photos. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. But again, they, they really adopted the look of the Superboy that was introduced around the Death of Superman arc, which that arc was really instigated by Doomsday that they had teased at the beginning, and that wound up being Bizarro. So they were using a lot of things from different places and melding them together pretty well. The one character in the finale that they, when they were kind of having people switch worlds, that they brought from the Bizarro world to our world, but then never truly used, was Lois Lane. Yeah, she didn't do much more than stand around wondering what was going on. Yeah. I was a little disappointed with that. Well, the other thing that disappointed me with the ending is I thought there were a few similarities to the ending of last season. Both times you have something with somebody with incredible power, you capture them, you incarcerate them. Last time that was Superman's brother, and they yeah. firmly establish it's actual half-brother sort of a situation, not brother Kryptonian as in yes. from the same planet, which is how I'd originally taken it. But he played a big part this season. I was surprised how big a part. And then we get Allie, the two versions, at the end in a very similar incarceration, making me wonder, are they going to come back next season? Yeah. And is Tal going to come back? Well, Tal seemed to have gone to the other Earth. He seemed to have gone to the other Earth, but I couldn't tell when he ordered the trucks for the boys. I think because he had them delivered. I think before he went to the other Earth. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing to say he's stuck on the other Earth. Well, I mean, they destroyed the portal, so probably. So you're seeing that as him having been written out of the series? I'm wondering. He seemed to have made a conscious decision to go to the other Earth because he felt Tal El had a better life on the other Earth. He had a wife. Yeah, yeah. He was famous and popular. Yeah. He was a good guy. I can see that. So I can see him maybe not coming back next season. I don't think they need to bring back Allie Alston. Mm -mm. And I don't think it makes sense to, but I'm not going to put it past him. I got the impression Lucy was moving off to Metropolis, 
could be seen again, maybe not, but doesn't seem to be series regular next season. But yeah. should guest star periodically. She was definitely moving somewhere. Yeah. And I got the impression that, I mean, the whole marital thing with Lana and such, her husband, maybe soon to be ex-husband or whatnot, doesn't have to be in next season. Yeah, I was intrigued by that. And I see pros and cons to that. I can see looking at the community of Smallville Mm -hmm. and saying we only have functional families. And if you're a viewer watching it and you're from a dysfunctional family, you don't really have a family to relate to. Well, if you're looking for an incomplete family, i.e. not the mother, father, and kids, you've got John and Nat for that. But I think having the divorce and the breaking of the family certainly makes for a potential accessibility aspect. I don't know that John Henry and Nat come across that way. They have Lois. They kind of do, they kind of don't. So it's... It's the most interesting blended family on TV. Certainly, yeah. And given the way it all started with John Henry last season wanting to kill Superman, Nat this season kind of... Yeah, it's fascinating. And I think they've done well with that. And I think there are certain characters that need to continue for another season. Chrissy at the local paper has to. The, mm-hmm. the way they ended that with her knowing about Clark being Superman, you can't get rid of her for a while. Now. What is with these CW shows and telling everybody or so it feels like the secret of the well, sti- secret identity? Okay, first season we had the boys learn it. Mm-hmm. Trying to think who else. John Henry, well, he kind of knew it, kind of didn't learn it, so different case. Yeah. But this season... Well, he hmm. knew that Cal-El was Superman, but when did he really figure out Clark Kent was Cal-El? I thought near the end of last season. Yeah, so I thought he figured out the okay. secret during the season. He didn't arrive knowing it. Got it, got it. That's fair. Whereas this season, Chrissy was told at the end, they tell Lana, mm-hmm. and that, I thought, had a interesting arc for that. And then Sarah mm-hmm. finds out, or figures it out. And I'm okay with the circle growing from season to season, because there's only... I really don't know that the secret identity thing works the same way today as it did back in, say, the late 30s when Superman was created, or even the 60s when the Marvel Universe was created. And that's not to say it doesn't work, but it doesn't work the same way. Because if you think about it, a lot of people today, well, how could you not see it's Superman and Clark are the same person? Yet there have been a lot of people who would have come out of some of the movies not realizing it was the same actor playing both roles in various movies and such. Yeah. So there's a believability aspect to it. Well, I think the better example for me of the believability aspect is when you go watch a movie and you tell someone, well, we watched the movie Foolproof Mm -hmm. the other night, and Kristen Booth, who played the lead female in that, and we're like, and finally when you had said signed, sealed, delivered, it was her voice. Yeah. That I You're seeing them in a different context, so you don't always place them. It's They're familiar, but you can't do it. So you're right. I think actors, particularly character actors sometimes, yeah. where it's like, I recognize them, but I can't place them. That's the believability level that, particularly when somebody's trying to not be recognized. Exactly. You know, they've got glasses on, or they've got a cape on. It's a different look. Yeah. But I think the other part of, of Secret Identities that's radically different today from back, decades back, when these characters were created, is how many people have online handles Mm. that effectively act as a secret identity in some way. Yeah. So there's a part of it where it's been widely adopted, even while widely ridiculed, in terms of uh, who would believe, you know, 
pair of glasses would fool somebody, you know, and then mm -hmm. why would somebody want to, to hide the identity? Why would somebody feel the need to have an avatar? I thought one of the smartest things that they added to the Superman mythos when John Byrne revamped it in the 80s was Lex Luthor, within the first few issues of the Superman title, this was after the six-issue Man of Steel, maybe it was even part of the Man of Steel miniseries, it might have been. Anyways, early, early on, Lex Luthor has his people trying to figure out who is Superman. And the answer comes back, he's got this secret identity, it's Clark Kent, and Lex just cannot believe that. You have power, why would you hide as a mild-mannered reporter? Why would you not flaunt the power? I mean, he was looking at it through his lens. Yeah. And yeah. it just did not compute. Have power, use power, that's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. And here, it's a small town. People would figure it out sooner or later anyways to a degree. You don't want to have this be uh, one of the, the things that always, I don't want to say annoys me, but I, I don't think it ages well and it doesn't work for me very well, of the old Superman and Superboy comics was it seems like so many of the stories were either Lana or Lois trying to figure out or prove Clark is Superman, Superman is Clark, or something of that sort. But I guess that's why Lana being told the secret rubbed me wrong. Is she's one of the people the secret's been kept from the longest. Well, and that's part of why they had an arc for that versus, oh, I know. Yeah. And it was something that also played out very similarly in the Smallville series. You know, you've got to have people not know it, the struggle for keeping it from them, the guilt over that, they learn it, the why didn't you tell me I'm hurt, all of that backlash and stuff, and then you know, what's the new normal, or how do they have to protect it now they understand the, mm -hmm. the pressure and stuff. There's a lot of that story left to be told, yeah, and not in a how does Clark get out of this situation so he can go save the day sort of manner. Well, and Lana even had the is this why bad stuff happens to Smallville portion yep. of the arc. Yeah. Yeah. Are you bringing the problem? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, and Lana... By her own admission, had a very eventful first week as mayor. Well, her becoming mayor. I thought that was a pretty good arc. It was a great arc, and yet it had an aspect that just nagged at me like a knife in the gut. Which was? It tied in to Kyle Cushing going back to his Hispanic surname, which was, I guess, Cortez. He never did. And that was part of what annoyed me. Because... Sarah did. He said he was going to go back to it, but the only one we saw go back to it was Sarah. And did, then, did he say he was going to go back to it, or did Sarah say she was going to do it as part of her... Quinceañera. Uh, Quinceañera. Uh, he, I thought, said he was going to do it too, but he never did it. Sarah did it, but then Lana Lang ran for mayor. And I'm like, are you Lana Cushing or not? Because people refer to you as Miss Cushing. Yeah, I thought she was still going by Cushing. But, but all her campaign posters said Lana Lang. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I think they had to do that. Well, I'd have to pay more attention on a rewatch, to be honest, to, to really figure out where, where they used which name and why. And that was what just kept nagging at me. I'll be honest. The whole Quinceañera thing seemed odd to me. Now, granted, I've lived in states that border on Mexico my, just almost my entire life, at least since I was like, what, seven or eight. Yeah. And so definitely have been exposed to the Hispanic population. Do not claim to know all the ins and outs of it by any stretch. I do not. But a quinceañera didn't seem like something that would be in Smallville. I guess for me, they didn't seem to establish 
the Hispanic aspect of that household at all first season, or at least not that I recognized. Maybe I was just oblivious to it. I wasn't looking for it or whatever. So to have that be the focus of an episode just seemed odd to me. Nothing about Kyle comes across as Hispanic to Mm -hmm. me. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know lots of Hispanics who don't look the stereotypical. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm not saying... And I get that. But they seemed to be forcing it from his side of the family with the going back to the Cortez surname. Whereas Lana, and I know people hate the expression, but she has that ethnically interesting look to her. It could very easily have been from her maternal line. She could have been going on about how my mother had gave me a quinceanera and I enjoyed it so much, I want to do this for you. Or I didn't get one and therefore I want to do it for you. It's Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I don't mind them bringing all that in. It just felt almost like a retcon. It did. Because of the way they... they and part of it was doing the surname change, which again is kind of a ripped from the headlines. Well, they're almost doing the surname change, yes. as we've talked about. I'm not sure how well it happened. Well, because Sarah did it like on people's cell phones and things like that. So it happened to a degree. And like I say, it is kind of a a rip from the headlines. Well, like the actor James Roday. Yeah, yeah. He basically, when one of the movies for Psych was coming out, uh, Rodriguez, I think was the last name he was starting using or whatever, or was his last name that he's now publicly using or something like that, but had been told earlier in his career it wouldn't go over as well or something. And I've heard other stories where various actors or actresses weren't getting parts, changed their name, mm-hmm. started getting parts. Well, there was definitely an era in Hollywood, and I don't know that it's come to an end. I don't know when it officially was. But, well, like Rock Hudson, that was not his name. Yeah. But actors would go when they finally landed an agent. The agent would say, your name is unpronounceable. Or your name sounds too, whatever it was, whether it was Jewish, Polish, not whatever. Not mainstream, not what the audience would be expected to accept. Well, and they were, like in the case of Rock Hudson, they were literally looking for something that sounded, I don't want to say generic, but sounded like something that could be anything. Well, they're building a persona at that point. And I guess... They want everyone to be able to connect with you. Not just the Polish, not just the Jewish. Well, and I can see adding a Hispanic character to the mix broadens the appeal, and I think that's good. I think if they had maybe done it a little more organically first season, I'd have been happier. Because again, anytime you've got a character that you've established for a bit, and then suddenly there's this thing that they're making a big deal out of, yet was never mentioned before, it feels a little weird. I think if they had spoken Spanish in the house... And it kind of came up in terms of Sarah aced all her Spanish tests and others were coming to her for Spanish help. And she's like, just come to my house. Yeah, if and maybe they had some of that first season, I was just oblivious to it. I certainly wasn't aware of it. If it had been, she was doing okay and everything. But man, Spanish, she was just acing everywhere else. She's a B, C student or something. Yeah. That could have been interesting. Yeah. Or if she'd just been at home complaining that the Spanish teacher really sucks. Yes. You know, there are a couple of ways they could have built it in a little more organically than they did. Yeah. But I agree with broadening the appeal and getting it to where it's a show that resonates with more people. I think that's a good thing. And I think that's something that some of the other Arrowverse shows, Supergirl in particular, has done really well with. 
Well, it's interesting because they did have kind of the one Asian friend, season one, but then he got sent off to boarding school for people who uh, got exposed to ex-Kryptonite. We saw him this season, and it was kind of interesting how he came back. It was, because he was part of the, the Superman of America sort of deal, which is a name from the comics. And the rest of his team got killed off. Mm -hmm. He came back, and then... He survived and was in a hospital last we saw him. Never seen again after Superman went to visit. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him come back. Tag was his name? Yeah. Yeah. They've got some interesting stuff, some interesting ideas. Well, Anderson was the one who took over the DOD mm -hmm. and had almost an arc, but had kind of this interesting evolution of understanding because he was very much a, you need, Superman needs to put America first. You're yeah. our superhero. And it wasn't until he ended up on the other side of the portal, on the other Earth, that he came to the understanding, wait, Superman has a family. Mm -hmm. And Superman has realized it's not just one country and within their boundaries we have to care about. Yeah. We need someone who cares about the entire planet. Well, there's an aspect where if you've got somebody with the powers of Superman, Having him looking after everyone in a nonpartisan way is a really good thing. Well, and there was one episode where I guess he saved a North Korean submarine, mm -hmm. and they were disappointed that he returned it to North Korea. He saved them and returned it and not brought it back or whatever. Yeah. I like that because it was just Superman out being Superman. Yes, exactly. You know, I'd like to see more scenes of him just, I don't want to say doing the cat out of the tree type rescue, but again something's happening over there, fly off, go deal with it, come back. Yeah. I mean, if they were to have like a family game night mm. where everyone's around the table, Clark's just kind of walking when it's his turn to do the Monopoly or, you know, whatever it is, he does his thing. But it's like, oh, darts off, comes back, his turn, darts off, comes back. Oh, where are we at? That'd be fine. And the family, generally speaking, is just, yep, okay. And they're trying to, to t and what would be funny is if the next day he leaves after breakfast and the game around the breakfast table is, okay, what all did he go do last night? I was going to say, if you either have a TV on in the background where they're catching kind of the CNN-style 24 news hour, oh, well, that explains where he mm -hmm. went. Or if in the morning you have the, okay, everybody write your list of the, these are where I think he went, put them in the pot, and then we'll see who got the most right. Well, if you do it with the TV on in the background, you've got to have, as a story is starting over in China or whatever, bring back some, some dim sum or something. Yes, yes. It's kind of a, a you know, international potluck kind of game night because, you know, after he's done, he's... Yep. Yeah, it'd be funny. Well, when uh, Tall decided he was going to step up and be a good uncle and give some gifts to the nephews who voted to save him and did come save him and clark is very upset with the gifts and he just kind of turns to the side and raises his voice yes tal will hear me if i say how irresponsible this is yeah yes. what i thought was funny about the whole thing is jonathan's looking at his truck going off oh you got to check out this this that oh it's got a holographic dashboard at which point clark seemed to get interested yes. Yes. So, oh, maybe it's not so bad they're doing some fun stuff yeah. i really like this this Superman, this Lois, that having been said, I thought the Superman we've gotten in the movies mm -hmm. 
well, I haven't loved the movies. I like the Superman. Yeah. This one, I think, is just top-notch. This one is kind of the all-American apple pie, mm-hmm. the Superman I expect. This Lois faced some interesting moral quandaries on her journalism. Well, her journalism, but also a really good family arc this season for her. Yeah, but really, because, you know, you've got to vet your sources. You've got Mm -hmm. to see how much of what you're being told you actually believe. I loved how at the end she visited Allie in the incarceration area and basically was it what you thought it was? Yeah. And basically going in with an open mind of maybe she'd had the story all wrong to begin with. Yeah. And what I like about this Lois is she definitely is a strong woman, a smart woman, but is willing to to realize she could make mistakes. She doesn't take it for granted. She's always right. She doesn't bulldoze over people. You know, she's probably one of the better versions of Lois I think we've gotten in Mm -hmm. movies and TV. She is definitely Superman's equal. Yeah. I was going to say Clark's, but really, I think you have to say Superman's. She gave a couple of good pep talks to him this season. Yes. And getting Superman into a position where he needs that is some pretty slick writing. Well, when he realizes he doesn't have his powers, Mm -hmm. is he still who and what they need? Yeah, because there's a, a, a fallacy of what makes Superman Superman is the Kryptonian powers. Yeah. Versus the mindset and the way he uses them. Mm-hmm. So I thought they did some interesting stuff there. Jordan had a bit of an arc learning to use his powers and all of that this season. Yeah. I'm expecting that to progress over another season. And Well, and when Jordan thought Jonathan was getting powers. Yeah, I thought some of that was interesting too. I mean, they do some great brother dynamics stuff. Yeah, those two work well together. Mm-hmm. And even at the end, when they're starting to fight and stuff and... Sam's got to kind of break them up or whatever. It's like there's a little bit of a hawk and dove almost aspect to those two, both conceptually and almost literally in terms of the hawk and dove comic characters. So I thought, I think they're doing some fun stuff with that. I was unsure at the beginning when the show announced it was going to have two boys and sons and stuff like that. It's like, well, he's had a kid in the comics before, Mm -hmm. but a kid. Mm. So going this way... It allows them to have one with powers, one without, and they teased at the end of this that Jonathan may continue to not have powers, but get some tech augmentation. Yeah. So. Well, but it also allows for one of them to be showing kind of the, this is the the chip off Clark's rock versus this is the chip off of Lois's. Yeah. Who takes after which? Yeah. And there are times where... You can definitely see the influence each parent has had on each child. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting Jonathan got a girlfriend this season, and she's still around in the finale. I didn't expect her to still be around in the finale. No, I thought she was going to be persona non grata. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see if that character comes back next season. Mm -hmm. If we've got her still with Jonathan, Jordan, and Sarah still together, does Nat get paired off with somebody? Do we wind up with that kind of a a youth social circle or not? It'll be interesting to see what happens with this darned football team. Yeah, the stuff that happened with the football team, having the ramifications it did, I thought was interesting. It made sense. It comes down to, if that's not a story point next season, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Because you've got the whole sports scandal kind of thing and the rebuilding off of that. 
Well, and you've got a lot of kids who are conceivably hoping to get scholarships. Oh, yeah. Because of that football team. Yeah. So there's some, some long-term ramifications that plotline can have. I'm just curious, you know, what characters they're going to try to pull in from the comics, what they're going to set up as a potential big bad at the beginning of next season, what will wind up being the big bad at the end of the next season. You know, because again, we, we teased Doomsday, wound up with Bizarro, and, you know, a version of Parasite. Whereas what we got last season was kind of sort of not quite a General Zod sort of story. Mm. A different character, but same basic idea. Yeah. So. Oh, and we got Superman's mom. We did. We did. We swapped crystals, basically. We swapped crystals. And yet again, we wound up with superpowered Lana for parts of it. Because mm. we had that from last time. I'm assuming everyone from the Bizarro world wound up back over there. If not, John L. is a possibility to come back next season. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, it's. Tall seemed to end up on the other world, so, so makes you wonder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just wish they would anchor it very explicitly in or out of the Arrowverse. And it feels like, again, Sam saying, we only have the one hero, that they're saying this is out of the Arrowverse main world. Yeah. Although they'd set it up as still having a parallel universes and stuff after Crisis. Just they were kind of now unaware of it. But given that it felt like this was the Superman from Crisis who'd interacted with Flash and, and Supergirl and all that to just disavow all of that, it feels a little bit like a bait and switch. Yeah. Now, if we get to where he encounters his other self from that world and they deal with it that way... That'd be interesting. I mean, I'd love to, to have an episode, particularly if you could get... Some, some guest stars from the Supergirl series, from some others, mm -hmm. where we wind up with the two Supermen swapping. Yeah. And kind of a, I don't have two teenage boys, who are you? Kind of. Yeah. You know, and it wind up, I think there's some, some interesting things they could do there. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, it could firmly establish, nope, it's, it's adjacent to, but not part of Arrowverse. Yeah. But again, it feels bait and switch since it felt like it was spinning directly out of crisis. Mm -hmm. And I get plans may change, whatever, but that, that did kind of, still does kind of irk me a little bit. But they're telling a good show, a good series. They're doing a good storyline at the adult level, at the, the, the teen level, and... And some good effects. Some good effects, having some fun stuff. Definitely yeah. some aggressive effects. Again, seeing the bizarre world kind of merging with the real world, there were certain parts in the finale I felt they could have shown things a little earlier and a little clearer, because it's like, oh, I guess that's what happened. Yeah. But when they finally showed a few things, it was pretty impressive. Well, the everything reversed on the Bizarro world was impressive. It was impressive, but there were a few places where it was a little unclear. Yes. And when you saw the submarine drop, you were like, what was that? And I'm like, well, submarines may fly in this world. Yeah, that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. Well, what got me was when the plane starts buzzing uh, Smallville or whatever, I'm like, this makes no sense. Yeah, but people were disappearing to the other world, and if you lose your pilot... Yeah, yeah. No, and that makes sense, too. All I could think as I was watching that is, I have friends who are already afraid to fly. Yeah, that's not going to help. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to a third season on this. We know they get it. I heard it might be mid-season again. I heard it may be mid-season as well. I think that's going to be the case, as with uh, probably Flash, but... As long as they tell a good story, mm -hmm. I'm happy with that. Yeah, me too. 
And, you know, when they take some, some characters and go in radically different directions, if they do a good job with it, like they did with Bizarro, and this was probably a better version of Parasite than we should have gotten if we'd gotten a, a faithful adaptation. Allie Alston, she was a good cult leader. Yeah. She was a believable cult leader. Well, and it gave an arc for the season by blending aspects of those three or four different kind of storylines and whatnot mm -hmm. to get what we got. Yeah. And it wasn't something where it's like, they say at the beginning, we're going to fight X, and the whole thing is, well, when are we going to get around to defeating X? Yeah. So building it up, having, I don't say, it wasn't even digressions, but having a slow, steady pace with continuous progress and the feel of change, even if it did wind up being a surprisingly stable arc, mm -hmm. even if they were throwing some red herrings early on. Well, and some callbacks to last season. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a good season. Yeah, I hope they continue growing this world and. I want to see some other Superman-adjacent characters come into play. They already teased Inner Gang for next season. It implied Diggle may potentially become recurring next season. This Diggle, whether it's the real one from Arrowverse or not, don't know. This Diggle has a, mem has a mystery to solve. Well, and if this isn't the one from the main universe, this one could turn out to be a Green Lantern. True. We just don't know what they're doing with some of these characters sometimes. Yeah. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. Me too. Anything else? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what we discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.